0: Hello, it's Monday the 10th of July, I'm Miranda Sawyer and my threads have started to unravel. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we sift through a pile of papers like the detectorists when they're looking for gold. We bring you the nuggets of news, the bullion of scoops and the old-fashioned coins of daft headlines and silly stories. Remember, we're out mid-morning every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, so subscribe on your favourite podcast app and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. We know who it is, but we're not saying. The tabloids are full of a TV presenter involved in a sexual scandal, but they're not naming him. Why? Will ultra-low emission zones wreck Labour's vote? Certain papers think Labour's green policies might stop them winning those upcoming by-elections. And are energy vampires sapping your aura? We don't know, but the Mail does. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers, so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we're selling our story of a hate date with a love rat. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and here to chew over the papers with me, its writer and impressively acrobatic fit person, Marie LeConte. Hello, Marie. Hello. And here too is comedian and ex-forensic investigator for the serious fraud office. <laughs> Really, yeah. good morning. <laughs> so, what have we got on the front pages today, Ria? What do you have? I
1: have on the front of the eye, BBC in crisis as police called in over star accused of teen sex scandal. A lot of words there, mm. but I think they're blaming someone. Uh, the Mirror just simply says BBC calls in cops. Nice and simple. And The Daily Telegraph, BBC calls in police over star sex scandal, so splits the difference between the two.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much the same uh, story everywhere, isn't it? Marie, what do you
2: have? Um, Yes, you'll be shocked and astounded to hear that it's quite similar on my end as well. So in The Sun, you've got suspended BBC man's panic calls to youngster, um, and then in the Times, you've got BBC refers sex photos presenter to Met police, which feels a bit clunky. Um, although they also have a story on uh, Wimbledon saying put a cork in it. Wimbledon drinkers told. Um, and finally the Guardian actually has a very good uh, investigation and exclusive the secret stakes held by MPs in top UK firms so quite a big transparency story okay so I feel like we should
0: deal with the big story that is on the front page of all the papers all the papers are covering the story that the sun broke on Friday about an unnamed BBC presenter and household name who's allegedly given more than 35 grand to a 17 year old for sexual images starting in 2020 so the 17 year old is now older and including as much as five thousand pounds in a lump sum the family of the young person said that the money was used to fund the youngsters spiraling crack habit and they also said that they complained to the bbc on the 19th of may and an investigation was launched but the star remained on air and was still allegedly sending money a thousand pounds after the complaint was made after that because the parents were not happy with what was going on they approached the son and told their story um ria this is not a fun story no uh, but it has huge currency because everyone wants to know who it is, but no one can say publicly, no one can even guess who it is because that is libelous. And we're certainly not going to do that here. Um, I have to say, and it sounds a bit dodgy, but I do feel like this is why
1: we're also interested. There's a kind of thrill to a tale like this, isn't there? Yes, there is. I mean, I think the BBC's in a very difficult situation, you know, because I think EastEnders isn't getting the ratings that it deserves because of this story. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth of it. They're going, they they keep creating drama and intrigue that's more exciting than what they're putting out.
0: <laughs> they're caught in a very difficult position, though, aren't they? I mean, like, you know, in what way should a broadcaster be held f- responsible for a presenter's? behavior i mean how far can well, you go
1: i can, even i can answer that uh just putting on my ex you know uh, law enforcement hat at the point where it's illegal behavior i think would be the answer especially in this case i mean and again this is all according to details and this is what we have to bear in mind this is according to details that that the mother did not apparently give the bbc with with her initial complaint but did then later provide to the son but no one else has seen this so this is still not taken don't take this as read but a Apparently, the relationship started while uh, her child was seventeen. And in this country, while you can legally have sex from the age of sixteen, you cannot uh, t- take photographs or distribute photographs of anyone under the age of eighteen. Yeah, it's completely uh, illegal. It's completely legal, which uh, which to the to the woe of page three girls everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the maximum penalty is fourteen years in prison. It's incredibly serious. Uh- Various presenters have gone on social media to say it wasn't them. So this can is, we say those names? Yes, we can oh, say we can. those names. Okay. So the people who have said that it's not them is Ryland, Jeremy Vine, Gary Lineker, Nikki Campbell. I imagine there's going to be more and more and more. I mean, this is kind of trial by social media, isn't it? Well,
1: it's tr- well and it's also a process of elimination at this point, isn't Guess it?
0: Yes, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. So we just,
1: just one is left standing with yeah. their pants down.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, th- this is the problem that we've got here, isn't it, Marie? Because the papers can't name the, the, the person, but it, there's a lot of speculation on social media.
2: And oh, no, absolutely. And I think we've had a number of the stories as well uh, in the past few weeks. You had the kind of you know George Osborne wedding sort of poison letter last week as well. And that this stuff kind of keeps happening. And I think like that that genre of newspaper story of saying, oh well, you know, X has happened, but for legal reasons which we may agree with or may not agree with, we can't name them. Like that only really works, I think, in a in a world in which the internet magically does not exist because stuff will leak. So, I think, you know, obviously I'm not going to name any names, but a lot of names have been circulating quite publicly on social media over the past few days um and it i don't know so yeah stuff will leak out but also it feels sort of unfair to me that some people you know i, I don't think the entire public should be expected to be entirely up to date with libel laws it, it does create that slightly weird position for people so i, so I do think newspapers should perhaps I, I don't know like rethink their approach to the, this kind of story because again the internet now exists that like you can't just keep the omerta going and you know until the papers decide that they can name people but they can't i mean
0: the thing is it's not their decision so what's What has happened over the last few years is obviously there's the libel laws, which we all know you can't. That's that's kind of what is going on on Twitter, which people have to be careful of. But also the privacy laws have changed. So what used to happen is if you had a scoop and you were a tabloid, is that you would prepare the scoop. And then on the the night before you were about to launch the scoop, you would phone up their PR and say, we've got the scoop. Have you got any Hmm. Um, have you got a comment? And then your, the name would be printed. But over the past few years, the privacy laws have got much more much tougher. So basically, since twenty twenty, in the um, there was a, a guy who was arrested for being involved in the Manchester Arena bombing, but he wasn't involved. But he was named by the mail. He took them to court the mail lost and they had to pay 80 80 grand. But also the judge said very explicitly, the papers cannot name someone if they've been arrested unless the police have given out their name.
2: Hmm. But I think a a sort of quite big structural thing as well is that the papers don't have as much money as they used to. So I think if you read a lot of stuff about, you know, about Fleet Street from the 60s, 70s, 80s, they would just print whatever and be like, oh, we're going to have to pay a fine or we're going to have to go to court. Oh, dear. Uh, Whereas, you know, papers no longer have that sort of cash, which again, you know, you can argue that's a good or a bad thing, but uh, but it's that as well. I think there's no longer sort of like millions sloshing about. Yes, but, exactly. And as those privacy laws have got kind of tighter, they can't say anything. So actually,
0: partly what they can do, which sounds a bit odd, is almost encourage people to name the names because once that name is out there, then they've got a legitimate right to
1: actually but, say the name. But it seems that the, the answer would then be regulation. So maybe this story shouldn't have been printed because by process of elimination or because by process of speculation, we're going to arrive at somebody's privacy door is that a thing yeah. yeah okay we're going to arrive at someone's door anyway so maybe the answer is that they can't print the story however in this situation what's interesting is the fact that the mum went through the proper channels or at least she went to the employer and said can you make this stop please and when nothing happened her recourse was the media and it's only because this is blowing up that now the employer is doing something about it is yeah. what it appears so it's a real catch-22 but again if, if this particular person hadn't been underage when this relationship had started, then this would, would this be a story?
0: It would still be a story, I think, If speaking as uh, somebody who used, uh, has in my, in my time worked for tabloids because the point of this story is that this is something is perhaps seen as kind of slightly sexually odd. It's not within a conventional relationship. It's not just, you know, you and your beloved partner. This is something that's outside that. And that, as was, soon as that happens, right. then the tabloids are interested if you're a household name. Mm. I mean, you know, obviously this is all over the papers. The Metro has a terrible headline that says "Beeb's brief crisis. You know, I mean, it's just being used to bash the BBC.
2: It is. And it's hard because I don't, you know, and, and and this is not pretending. Obviously, we still don't have the full details of the story and stuff. So I, I don't want to say, well, you know, this is just being done to attack the BBC because I don't believe it is. But also, you know, and as someone who's worked um, on, for example, like, you know, lots of like Pestminster stories, I think that that would help, for example, you know, if papers went, oh, clearly there's a structural problem here. You know, let, let's talk about Parliament. You know, let's try and get Parliament to get reformed. And even let's say, yeah, when, you know, an MP gets arrested or uh, whatever, if the angle then became, well parliament needs to change and evolve right now then that would be very helpful but they don't do that do they um they only really ever do that with the bbc specifically and yeah i'm stroking my chain currently why could that possibly be
0: yeah i mean it's they really go they're really going in hard it's absolutely the bbc's fault
1: Well, well, okay. So the argument is that the complaint went into the BBC on the nineteenth of May, and here we are in July, and nothing was done. But I've worked for the BBC. This is about how long it takes them to pay me for something that I did around the nineteenth of May. It's about about the right pace, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned.
0: Let's turn to the mail, shall we? The middle part of the mail, which we love. Inspire. So inside the mail today, we have a very interesting story. Uh, Ward off the energy vampires sabotaging your aura. Ria,
1: please, how do we ward off those energy vampires? Well, first of all, did you know that we all have an aura? It can be seen. Uh, Okay, I mine- can't see yours and I can't see yours, but apparently we all have one. <laughs> all right, if you want to know, this is what I love. If, so first of all, the article will tell us how to discover our own aura. Should right? we try? Let's let's give it a go. Okay. Uh, if you're listening, that rub your hands together vigorously for 10 to 15 seconds. That's to your, your hands, to each other. Yeah, I not on our like, thighs. Well, you could do it on other surfaces, I do believe. But okay. um, rub your hands together vigorously, vigorously for that 10 to 15 seconds. That sounds like ASMR, seconds. I feel. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, paper cuts, the ASMR version. Now, pull your hands away from each other until they're about 10. 10 to 15 centimeters, which is four to six inches apart, and keep them there. At this point, many people sense their hands are holding a ball of magnetic force, and they are surprised at how palpable it is. Can you palp- palpate that? Yeah, I'm touching that? my bull right now. Are you... <laughs> I'm palpating. It's very palpatable. Uh, you can intensify the sensation by moving your hands slowly towards and away each other and away from each other. Marie stops. She stopped. <laughs> I can't believe you do in like this. I can feel it. It's a bit like, yeah, it's like a sticky dough between my hands. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is that you're feeling? It's your aura. Oh, okay. It's not just my hands a bit tingly. It's not the fact that you've energized the nerve endings of your hands and that they're ting. No, not at all. Now then. So essentially, you might be surprised to hear that places like people have an aura and bad energy lurks like a mold in the corner of a room. Okay.
2: I kind of believe that. Yeah, I, I do not so. not believe in vibes, to be fair. I think places and people can have good or bad vibes, but I'm not sure that... I don't know. Our vibes in all are the same thing. Let's do an entire
1: but other podcast on I, this. I put it down to tangible things. If I walk mm. into a bar and it's got a sticky floor, you know, you know, it's not like I'm there going, hmm, this has a bad vibe. I'm like, hmm... I, I know exactly. I know exactly why I don't like it here. Yeah. So there are people. Apparently, there are different types of people that can suck your energy. So if you've suddenly realized, I don't know who's not realizing this, but some people are really exhausting to be around. <laughs> and this person um, has written an entire book naming those people, uh, in, in categorizing names them into addresses. different. names, addresses. Yeah, <laughs> names, addresses. No, no privacy laws here. Uh, <laughs> So meet the energy vampires, which I'm, if I'm honest, I'm very tempted to write a sitcom just starring all of these people. And it'll be very it'll look very similar to Sex and the City once you once you break it down. So the energy vampires, you've got the manipulator. And this is the person who ostensibly is really helpful, but actually is co- creating crisis in your life so that they can come in. So essentially think misery, Kathy Bates and misery, the manipulator. Okay. You've got the paranoid vampire. They're always they're oversensitive and always detect a hidden and negative meaning in situations. So
2: they're just glum people. So paranoid vampire makes it sound like someone going to restaurants, but oh, there's
1: going to be garlic and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't really tell much difference between the paranoid vampire and the gray mouse. The gray mouse apparently is meek and mild, but actually is never happy. That's the glum one.
0: That's the mm. one that you really Yeah, that's don't the want. one that's just bad sort of sit there quietly.
1: Uh, the chatterbox, they don't talk to you. They talk at you mm-hmm. or they talk with you. The firework is someone who's going to get angry at any moment. God, Mm. they all sound like a right pain in the butt. I mean, it just sounds like Big Brother, doesn't it? I mean, Mm. that's the kind of point of it,
0: really. Put them all together. This would Mm.
1: make a great sitcom. And then finally, (laughs) the look but don't touch. Someone who's always sure their appearance is always provocative no matter what, you know, low-cut tops, uh, skirts. It feels a little misogynist, this bit. Yeah, but Sluts, um, I love that they've got all types of people, and then there's also sluts. yeah <laughs> and then, and then and <laughs> everybody and the slut. Uh, but they, the look but don't touch can be incredibly beautiful and sexy, but they give you very small amount in return for taking a lot. So, again, and I'm reading that going, so let me get this straight. They'll go on a date with you, they'll let you buy dinner, but they won't give out. That's yeah. what that hmm. sounds like to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have to say, this stuff is rubbish. But it's, it's kind of absolutely to draw women in. We are three women in a room talking about auras. There's an element of the male that I always think is fantastic at this, which is they kind of get women, so they bring you in a bit
1: and then they completely
0: lose you with all their terrible misogynistic attitudes. But they
1: kind of bring you in. But No, but what this article does is it brings us in and it then makes us think about every single one of our close girlfriends and (laughs) divide them up. And and it's a way of dividing and conquering. Instead of us just being all girls together, we'll just be like, "Mm, I noticed you're a bit of a paranoid vampire. I don't think I can have you in my life. Yeah,
2: it's true. Yeah, And and, and in the end, it's just women, you're doing it wrong again, isn't it? Oh, yes. No, absolutely. I think we've never done a single thing right. Yay, go us. (laughs) Now, headlines are favourite part of the papers.
0: The punniest, the funniest, the daftest, the dippiest headlines make our day here at Papercuts. In fact, we love headlines so much, we're starting a regular competition, Fix the Headline. We wanted to see if you the fabulous listeners could come up with a better headline for a story we found in the Metro about Vladimir Putin having a beauty spa on his personal train. There were some brilliant suggestions. Lots of people went with the really not bad putin on the spritz yes hey. nice we had two star entries for that one from tv's own rufus hound and also avant-garde electronic musician max tundra we get all the stars oh. um listener richard b gave us Starlight express very good uh, dave martin went with intercity perm which is absolutely brilliant for aging football <laughs> <billions>. <laughs> and would be slightly better if putin wasn't bald as an egg um Martin Daly went with short back and sidings. Nice. But the winner of the very first Fix a Headline contest, who is also going to win the very first paper cut t shirt ever, is listener Adam Wright, who went with Murders on the L'Oreal Express. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. There were two other people, nice. Pierre Martin and Gluten Morgan, but um, who suggested that one, but he beat you to it. Anyway, Adam, will be in touch with your size and address. Follow us on Twitter and threads for another story where you can fix the headline. We'll make sub-editors of You Lot yet. Right. Marie and Ria, what about our own headlines
2: of the day today? What do we have? What have you got, Marie? Oh, so I have got not one but two Brilliant Sun headlines. Uh the first one is about the clothes people have been wearing uh, to Wimbledon, especially the styles, and it's net a Wimbo oh, style, very which is good. very good. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Um, and the second story is about um, Samuel L. Jackson doing an ad for Warburton's. Um... <gasps> <laughs> which is funny in itself. I mean. It is. <laughs> um, and to be fair, the very good headline is, I'm one bap, motherfucker.
1: Love it. Bap. bap. Love it. Ria. Uh Yes, I've got a couple. So Ozzy Osbourne uh, went missing before a concert to the point that they put out posters and the police were involved. They couldn't find him. And it turns out that he had a bit of a cold, had been prescribed night nurse, and instead of having a couple of spoonfuls, took the whole bottle and passed out. And so that headline is, I need Ospital. Mm-hmm. Very good. Love it. And then <laughs> the other headline, which... I- it boggles my mind. I, I think we're done with technology. Can I just say, technology has achieved all it can achieve and we need to stop? Okay. But this is about a toaster that steams your toast, steams your toast and then toasts it, which makes no sense to me because steam is always what makes it wangy when it comes out of the yeah, toaster, it's soggy. right? It's all soggy. So, and that is crumb off it. Yes, crumb nice. off it. Crumb you off tell it. them
0: the star. And, and mine is from The Mirror and it is Elton John's final, no, really final, final concert um and he you know it says he feels the love as he ends his farewell tour and the headline is a dwight to remember
2: which only works if you know that's his real name very clever i did not until now (laughs) (laughs) here
1: we are
0: i'm david Badil i'm a writer and a comedian and a jew i'm saeed avasi i'm a businesswoman and a politician and a muslim Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Most people talk about us, and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Over the weekend, The Times, The Telegraph and The Observer had a look at Keir Starmer and the state of play with Labour. Essentially, the polls are very good for Labour. There's, they're still 15 points ahead of the Tories, maybe even more, maybe 25 points, I've heard. So The Observer is happy and uh, reported that Rupert Murdoch summoned Starmer to talk to him at a midsummer party at Spencer House in St. James. Oh, the thrill. The Times had this story uh, the previous week as well. wonder how they got it, (laughs) Jean. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) The Times is sort of coming round to Keir Starmer. So on Thursday, um, they had uh, Starmer's speaking lessons for all pupils on its front page, but essentially... The right wing papers have a few problems with him, uh, mostly around Labour's green policies. Marie, there's a sense from all these papers, really, that Labour are in the lead, but Starmer could kind of mess it up.
2: Hmm. Um,
0: How could he mess it up?
2: Oh, God, Well, I think, so um, my my, my long held view is that the next election may turn into a bit of a Theresa May versus Theresa May, because actually both Rishi Sunak and Keir Starmer are quite untested in a kind of election contest. And they clearly do not love scrutiny. Um, so, so I think that, yeah, Keir Starman, I don't really, I can't really conceive of a world in which Labour does not end up becoming the largest party uh, in the Commons after the next election. But I could definitely see Keir sort of slightly crumble like wet cake because he, he's he's just not a very charismatic man. You know, there's it's fine that there are worse crimes in the world. So I think that that could be that. But also, I think that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit later as well, Um, one of the problems is that he's... So he was very cautious in the first kind of few months and years of his leadership, which I think a lot of people took, you know, quite well, because they thought, actually, you know, we're not really sure what we have to do to rebuild post-Corbyn, etc. The problem is, is that he's still being very, very cautious. And there are lots of stuff, you know, so either internal debates or again, you know, stuff where maybe public opinion is in one place and the papers are in the other, etc., where he's kind of still walking very gingerly. Um, and, and, and the problem is, is that that's not, and I can sort of understand, I think, the reasoning of saying, actually, you know, that's how you kind of keep, again, the right-leaning papers on side. But as we're about to talk about, the right-leaning papers, you know, will not magically go, oh, well, he's our guy now. That's not really how it works. No, it, I mean, it really
0: doesn't. I mean, The the Times and The Telegraph are kind of trying to come round to him, hence him hanging out with Rupert Murdoch. But also they're really trying to affect his policies, stroke kind of bring him down. Um, especially around the green policies, it seems to me, they really don't like these green policies. Um, what would you say the significance of the um, EULES charge being due to expand in London from basically at the moment it's, it's uh, within the South and North Circular, and it's going to be extended right out to the M25. Um,
2: what is that significance? So ULEZ is really interesting because it is one of those policies that actually think, I think, splits the Labour parties. You've got Sadiq Khan, the Labour mayor, who's very pro. Uh, a lot of people, again, including Danny Bills, the candidate in Uxbridge, who are kind of against. And then care again is sort of not saying that much and kind of, you know, weighing every single word but I mean the, the problem is very easy is that people don't like you Les <laughs> yeah. like if you look at polling you know it is one especially like the further you go out from central London the less people like it and um, but that being said you know it clearly should happen like air pollution especially in big cities is a massive massive problem but they've got I mean the Telegraph over the uh,
0: at the weekend did a kind of big piece about you know Keir Starmer and within it they they went out to um Boris Johnson's old seat, Uxbridge and South Reislip. And they interviewed various people, you know, just small business people, people who owned fabric shops and stores and things like that. And they said, essentially, they would vote Labour mm. if, and they would definitely vote Starmer if he stopped less Otherwise, they won't, because the problem for them is obviously electricity's gone up anyway, so they're paying loads and loads of more money. And once you have U- less that that's come out, out towards them, they've got to pay another twelve pounds fifty every day every time they move their van with their fabric in it. It's a lot of money. It's a big deal. Mm.
1: But the issue with the expansion of ULES was that they didn't provide the same um, help to scrap your old diesel vehicles. And yeah. that—that's the. I mean, if they provided that help, then maybe we wouldn't have this this big dilemma? Uh, actually, there is a
0: kind of scrappage scheme. Uh, Sadiq Khan's got a £110 million pound one, but it's only for people on low incomes. So it's not for people... Micro you know, businesses, disabilities. Yeah. But
1: n- clearly not the people that they went and interviewed. In clearly not. No, definitely
0: no. not. And also the cost of living crisis kind of has happened within that time. So they mm. announced it is actually, weirdly, a Boris Johnson policy. Um, but so... Uh, but the, but since then the cost of living has gone up and up and up so people are already suffering and it's and it's much much worse for them it's also different if you live in central london because you can kind of hop on the tube to do quite a lot of things if you're hmm. further out it's it's much much more difficult um the in the times today patrick maguire um is also wondering why keir starmer hasn't done a reshuffle of the shadow cabinet yet and he's insinuating that he's weak is that is is he weak for not think, doing that I
1: think we're all wondering that because if you look at the shadow cabinet it has shadow positions in it that don't actually mirror what exists in the existing cabinet mm. yeah so it's you quite know, odd yeah there, mm. so there's a shadow there's a shadow minister of mental health but like we'd ever there's not one in the tory cabinet so mm. he's sort of created this New new well, jobs. Well, well my he's, well, he's not... just sort of given people names and just gone. And you can have a title, and you can have a title, <laughs> and you can have a title, and we're it's all like going... the House of Lords.
2: <laughs> I think that's not necessarily the worst thing, though, especially knowing there's an election round the corner. Right? You presumably, like, if there are things that you believe should be briefs. Then I think having a shadow for that to say, well, actually, you know, we will keep that person in cabinet or attending cabinet, etc. you know, in a year and a half or whatever, and, whenever in government, by- that's not the worst idea. But I think the reshuffle point, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into it in terms of the wider paper agenda, because I think the chatter on that has been going on for quite a long time now. And I think like Labour is definitely a video reshuffle, but especially if you look at, you know because uh, I've written quite a lot on the relationship between the civil service and the government. And one of the things the civil service likes is not being surprised, like not being taken aback by stuff that happens. So actually, if Labour wants to come in and hit the ground running, one of the things it needs to do is establish effectively its cabinet now. So people can do the training, you know, to become ministers, or they can even start having meetings, etc., with places like the Institute for Government, which kind of trains uh, ministers to be, etc. Um, So no, so, so I think that that one, I will say is perhaps slightly different in that, It is just true that Keir Starmer (laughs) needs to have a reshuffle. So do you think that we can expect more and more kind of
0: articles in the right wing broadsheets about how, you know, Keir Starmer is at odds with the green part of his party? I mean, that's what Hmm. it seems to be. But also I think the
2: problem is that the papers really do not like Ed Miliband. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, He's he's obviously had that. He's their kind of shadow climate change minister. It is. And I think that that's also still a hangover from 2010, to 2015. It's just like the papers really do not like Ed Miliband.
1: (laughs) But was he eating a bacon sandwich when he gave that presentation? And I think Mm -hmm. that's what we really want to know. It's true. I like Ed Miliband. He does a lovely podcast.
0: Um, The Times on Sunday's uh, headline for their article about Keir Starmer was about, it literally said, I hate tree huggers, um, supposedly attributed to Keir Starmer and to... Rubbish.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) I call... Rubbish on that because he, that man has never expressed such a strong opinion in his life. <laughs> There's no way that those words came out test, of his mouth. It does. It, it, it something's happened there where they've they the times want to like him, and that's actually that what that's what worries me is the times is trying to like him, and he's trying to be liked by. The right-wing press. So he's sort of he's sort of saying, well, I don't like them. And then someone will say, would you say you hate them? And he'd be like, nah. and then that's the headline.
0: Yeah. Well I, well, I mean, it is a journalist trick. You just say, um, you just say, do you hate tree huggers? And you say yes. And then I use that as a quote. I hate tree huggers. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Now, nestling in the midsection of the paper, after the haunted house of the news and before the giant roller coaster of sport, we have the whirly teacups and gently damp log flume of features and lifestyle. What should we wear? Where should we go? The papers know all. Marie, you have an interesting story today, don't you?
2: Oh, I do. I've got one of those great tabloid headlines that feels like, you know, I'm going to say it out loud in a moment and it will make it sound like I'm having a stroke, <laughs> uh, which we all love. Um, so I've got, um, yes, in today's sun. Crate kip suits Pete. Crate kip suits Pete.
0: Not a clue. What is yes. it's
2: about? Uh, well, singer Pete Doherty apparently loves uh, sleeping in storage containers. <laughs> the lovely thing here is that there is a list of all the ones he slept in. Um, so he lived in one under a West London flyover. He We're stayed... not
0: surprised about that, are we? Really? We're Given not... the state he has been at these no, times.
2: Man, you know, man about town because he also stayed in one in Hamburg, in Germany, and the Caribbean island of Puerto Rico. But that being said, hang on, Miranda. Actually, (laughs) his favourite container. (laughs) uh, If you can have one. (laughs) And he does, and he does, uh, was in Ramsgate, Kent, uh, because that one was actually a very fancy one. Uh, It had electricity and a lock.
1: Oh my God. So the is close- low, isn't it? That's
2: that, really So the low. closer it gets <laughs> to a
1: room, the more favorite it is. I love a <laughs> container, but if it looks and feels like a hotel room, I love it even more. That's essentially it. He's gone wow. posh, hasn't he, Pete?
0: <laughs> really. Wow. Okay, Rhea, you have a, a story also about a, a pop star, right?
1: I do have a story about a pop star. Um, it's about Rick Astley, okay? Who's, we love him, obviously. Uh, of course we do, for that one song, right? Yeah. Never gonna give you up. Apparently, he gets weekly requests to use it. Every week, somebody wants to use it in something, ads, video games, TV series. And he's getting a little tired of it. And he said, there just comes a point where you go, hang on, I'm not the Smiths. It's just a pop song from the 80s that I didn't write. No, he didn't. So there Stock we go. He's keeping it real. Waterman wrote it. And it's a really good headline,
0: actually, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Rick Rowland in it. Yeah, nice. No, like it. I have a, um, I have a, a story, which has got a great headline also. U.S. Snatched Our Alien Beads. Um, But it's actually quite a serious story, which is about uh, in Papua New Guinea, uh, they found fragments of MII, which is a meteor about the size of a kitchen sink, apparently, um, Mm. that landed in the sea off the Manus Island in 2014. And it splintered when it hit the sea into small metallic beads. And there's about 50 of them floating around in the sea Um, because of its toughness and the speed at which it was traveling. They genuinely thought it might be alien tech. So they thought it might be a craft that had been launched by an alien civilization, Blew Up, right? Anyway, all these bits were found by Professor Avi Loeb from Harvard. And so he's got all excited. He thinks he might be on for a Nobel Prize. But in Papua New Guinea, they are quite rightly saying, um, we're a bit annoyed you took them out of our, mm. our territory. He removed the meteor fragments without any form of agreement. And they say, we've been cheated. And I kind of think, you're right. Bring back the alien beads. Mm.
1: I agree. I, I think that has to be addressed it. They they deserve the Nobel Prize for that, just for just for receiving it in the first place. Exactly.
0: And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Rhea. Hi. And thanks to Marie. Thank you. Thanks for listening and don't forget to follow Papercuts on your favourite podcast app. If you really like us, then leave us five stars on Spotify or Apple and a full-on Oompa Pumpa Park Life is at Wembley Review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Papercut Show. The links are in the show notes. Also, threads, I think you can follow us now. Um, Don't forget, fix the headline. Follow our Twitter and threads for a story with a rubbish headline that you can improve and you might win a beautiful T-shirt. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when Danny Dyer said he's planning to leave half a million quid in his will to his dog. Woof! See you next time.